And welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Hey, this is the podcast. Wonder when I, I was just thinking this episode 176. I was just thinking uh, when I was doing my little my little uh, rant there. Uh, when was the first time I said that? The uh, this is the something something whatever I say at the beginning. Free podcast world plays uh, That I was just thinking about that. Anyways, welcome <laughs> 176. Uh, I was whistling the theme song as it was playing, and I will leave it in because uh, I do not do any post-editing, except for this. Uh, if you're watching this, or listening to this, rather, this is also a video podcast, you can find it on youtube.com slash comedy or the website, uh, comedy.com. That's a website, go there. <laughs> you, 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 uh, I ha- I've, I've already put out the um, War with Grandpa interviews. I was on the press junket for that, the virtual press junket, rather. Got to talk to Rob Riggle, Cheech Marin, Jane Seymour, Laura Morano, and Oaks Fagley. Wonderful group of... And Cheech Marin. <laughs> Do they Cheech? Yeah. Yeah. There's five of them. I talked to five people. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I did. It's such a... It was a blur. Oh, it was such a blur. It was great. I had uh, three minutes with each people, each group. And... I made the best of it. I made it interesting. So check it out. I put them all in the one video. Why separate them into three separate videos? It's funnier this way. Check it out. You can see the full uh, version of the interviews on youtube.com slash people's comedy as well as Insta. Excuse me. Just finished dinner. Instagram.com slash people's comedy. Oh, my stomach's still a little grumbly. I worked out four times today, or I did four separate workouts. Uh, some of them were shorter than the others. Cycling was only 10 minutes. I did, it was still four separate workouts. I did boxing, I did cycling, I did uh, yoga, and I did uh, strength. So I worked out for what my watch says. It's close to two hours. Or no, exactly two hours. Yeah. Cool. Still didn't meet my step counter, though. <laughs> still... Sitting, <laughs> sitting around. <laughs> Do steps really matter anymore? We're in the middle of a pandemic. It's cold in the morning and it's hot in the afternoons. I really wouldn't say hot. I wonder if you can hear the um, sirens in the background. It's Atlanta. I live ten feet from downtown, so it's bound to be sirens <laughs> every day. Actually, at my office, I think we're close to a fire station, and I see fire trucks. And I hear police sirens all the time, like multiple times a week. Uh, but or maybe we're just on the way. My office is on the way because we are next to the highway as well. But if you but in Buckhead, you can hear sirens all the time. You would think the rich people would just not <laughs> hurt each other. Oh, what else is going on? I'm trying to pad this out because I don't have a lot of stuff. I don't have a lot of stuff. Hey, let's get let's get to this let's get to the show. Uh, this this just in. This comes from Hollywood Reporter. Top filmmakers warn Congress that movie theaters face extinction. Now I've hinted at this is written by Pamela McClintock. Oh, like Mike McClintock from Veep. I watch a lot of Veep. Now this might be a uh, might be something that I've I've kind of discussed in passing, but it's not 
it's not nearly as a, oh and also if you're watching the video you might see that I, I got some new things on the desk i got a new giant mouse pad ten dollars it's a peachum over there on the uh amazon and it was i've been looking at this truly for close to a year i don't know why it took me a year to, to jump on it this other mouse pad i had has a wrist has a wrist thing on it but it it, at first it broke and you can see the foam the foam is exposed and I just got tired of it and I think I got this at Best Buy at some point and so I just said screw it I got, I'm going to get one of these giant mouse pads because uh, I have this gaming mouse that I use <laughs> and I thought it might feel at home <laughs> but no it's been loads better and then also I got a laptop riser uh, it was on sale for like 17 bucks last week so I said I got I to gotta jump on that too uh, it's not one of the ones where you can move to rise it even more or lower it but uh it's, it does its job. It, it raises my laptop to eye height, and it works for laptops that are you know between 13 inches and 15 inches. So if I ever upgrade, who knows? Okay, let's get to this. Uh, dozens of influential filmmakers on Tuesday joined the National Association of Theater Owners, the Directors Guild of America, and Motion Picture Association in urging Congress to provide assistance to struggling theater owners impacted by the ongoing COVID-19 crisis. So we've already discussed how uh, theaters have been in trouble for the past, since the pandemic started, since they had to close down. And uh, AMC, chief among them, AMC Theaters, uh, but the the National Association of Theater Owners, I mentioned them in an episode of News Time a couple of weeks ago, uh, which I was talking about movie theaters and, and this situation. Um, it's If you own a movie theater, you should be a part of this, this, this group, this organization, because they're going to help you... Um, It'll be you'll make your voice heard. You know, even if you have an artist theater, you want to make your voice heard. Um, and and so uh, with them coming together with the Directors Guild and the uh, Motion Picture Arts Association, Motion Picture Association, excuse me, MPA, uh, which is different from the other organization, which is the Science Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences. <laughs> That's the academy. Any Hoosers, um, with them coming together. You're you're going to be able to what what Democrats and Republicans are going to uh, hear is people uh, with this type of power in Hollywood who are the people who give to PACs and and stuff like that um, are are they're going to be able to have their voices heard uh, to this to this mixed Congress of of of, of government type people. Um, who who should be finding some way to give government aid to theaters, even if they're not a government agency or an agency that typically helps you know people? They're not the airlines, but and why why bail, bail out the airlines? They have tons and tons of monies, tons and tons of monies. So together they warn that cinemas may not survive the impact of the pandemic. The vast majority of exhibition companies, or 93%, saw losses of 75% in the second quarter of 2020. If this trend continues, NATO is warning that 69% of small and mid-sized movie theater companies will be forced to file for bankruptcy or to close permanently, while 66% of theater jobs will be lost. It's crazy. That's just... I was watching... um, Back to the airlines. I was watching CBS this morning, this morning, and they had a story about uh, the furloughed airline, airline employees, who 28,000, uh, because Boeing is closing up shop in Washington, I think. 
Washington State, uh, and they're moving everything out east. I, I don't I don't remember that, but I, I just remember the human impact. So twenty eight thousand jobs lost. You know, uh, just there was a a, a young woman who uh, is an is an is an air stewardess. I don't know the proper term anymore, and and she has like a lot of not like a, a disease that could show itself back up, and she's worried about losing her health care, and then. Uh, a, a husband and wife, a pilot and an airline stewardess, and uh, who's who who were married and they both worked for the airline for Alaska Airlines, and then their kids also work for the airline. It's it's tough to see. So this is this is that, but on a ground scale. <laughs> oh God, I'm I'm. This makes it seem like it sounds bad. Uh, but we have people like Judd Apatow, Wes Anderson, uh, Noah Baumbach, Michael Bay. I, I'm, I promise you it's more than white guys. Uh, John M. Chu, <laughs> Sofia Coppola, Coppola uh, Alfonso uh, Caron, Lee Daniels, uh, Paul Fahey, just a whole bunch of people. Uh, Carrie, of, I can never pronounce Carrie's last name, uh, Fuganaga, and uh, just a slew of famous people who have joined in to show uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and Kevin McCarthy that they need to act on this in order to save basically a, a, a corner of an industry. Uh, because if they lose that, then we lose. If we lose traditional movie theaters, then we lose a huge part of movies in general. And I know I understand you want to stay at home in your pajamas and sit on your dirty couch and and watch the latest uh, James Bond from home. But the studios wouldn't make the latest James Bond. They wouldn't make uh, your your Marvel movies. They wouldn't make uh, your other franchise stuff. <laughs> what, else, what else is franchised? Uh, your, 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 uh, I'm going to say another superhero movie. I'm going to say Flash. They wouldn't make your Flash. They wouldn't make your, your Fantastic Beasts. Uh, they wouldn't make anything that, that you like to watch because they wouldn't have the money to do so. And um, and again, <laughs> I'm not an analyst. I am uh, just a, a little boy in his apartment sitting alone. A stomach full of turkey, ground turkey. <laughs> Talking about how movie theaters uh, could be impacted by the pandemic and how they have been impacted by the pandemic. So we could see just this leaving and it's going to be bad. And besides, you don't want to see movies like Love Guaranteed. <laughs> That's a, it's a Netflix movie I've not seen, but it is in my queue, starring Damon Wayans Jr. and uh, another actress who I who I, I think I like. Um, but I know Damon Wayans Jr. is in it, and he's the first person I can think of. This is the first movie. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's the movies we would get. We would only get that. We would get... Like we would just get crappy rom coms and low budget action movies. Like uh, we get only Extraction. <laughs> no offense to Extraction, which I got a quarter of the way through uh, last Saturday, and I just haven't gone back to it. <laughs> hey, let's move on. This next one comes from Variety, written by Nope. <laughs> I didn't even click on it yet. Written by Michael Schneider, Mulan, The Boy, and The Boys, and Netflix's Nielsen Weekly Streaming Rankings Stranglehold. For the first time since Nielsen launched this new weekly streaming top 10 list in late summer, Netflix has some company. Now imagine 
Nielsen's new uh, weekly streaming ratings. And first, I, I think I, I talked about this uh, when this happened. Uh, obviously, Netflix and other streamers don't talk about ratings. Uh, but I think with the last season of Stranger Things, um, Nielsen just kind of measured ratings anyway, and they kind of they kind of gave a guess to it and said, you know, this many millions of people watched uh, episode one, this many millions of people watched episode two, and they went down the season, uh, and then like how many people watched over the weekend, and they did it when when Stranger Things aired. So that first weekend that last season of Stranger Things aired, Nielsen did this. Um, so now they're kind of doing a weekly chart, uh, that kind of like how billboard has a top 200, you know, top singles chart and albums chart and all that stuff. And it looks like Netflix has been at the top. Obviously, you know, for obvious reasons, Netflix is the biggest streaming service, the streaming platform in the world. So here we go. Uh, looks like, so Netflix has been at top. The Boys, the season two premiere of, of Amazon's Prime Videos, The Boys. They got to change that. Just change it to Amazon Video. We don't care about Prime. Just say Amazon Video. Uh, yeah, but managed to make it up to the top 10 for the week of August 31st to September 6th. Same thing for Mulan because it arrived on September 4th. So... Here's the top 10. Cobra Kai, which came from YouTube and is not a new show. People are watching it like it's a new show. You could watch it on YouTube three years ago. Cobra Kai, 20 episodes, 2,171 minutes in the millions. So this is, this is you can, these are numbers you can uh, actually digest. Lucifer, 75 episodes, 1,415 minutes in the millions. The Boys, 11 episodes. 891 minutes, millions. You know, I would I would think that, uh, and then it goes Office, Criminal Mind, Shameless, Away, Grey's Anatomy, Legend of Korra, and then Mulan, <laughs> which was watched 525 uh, minutes, millions. Uh, as you can see, that it's all, it's 80% Netflix and then 20% else. <laughs> um, but I, I have a feeling that the boys would be higher... It says Boys 11 episodes. Uh, if they boys the boys is doing a weekly release uh, for the show, which people hate for some reason. I mean, and they and they and they they gave the IMDb rating on Amazon Prime Video lower because it's releasing weekly. Um, first of all, you're stupid. Second of all, you're dumb. So stop. Don't watch the show. Just wait. Any hoosers. Uh, yeah, this is this is a, a cool thing that Nielsen is doing. Uh, I'm interested to see where they can, if they can expand these li- like a, to another list, or and and so and basically do something like what Billboard is doing and and uh, and chart these shows and movies um, because they already do it for television. So why not do it for streaming too? Uh, but it, it's harder for streaming because you know because Netflix, Hulu, Amazon. Disney Plus, all the all of them, they don't give uh, ratings. There's no point. Listen, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the last two stories, which are the same exact stories. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. I forgot how to count. I forgot how to count. 
Even without my headphones, I can still hear myself somehow. Hey, welcome back to the show. Oh, Google heard me for some reason. I just said, hey, welcome back to the show. So what's going on? I just watched two episodes of Survivor. I worked out uh, in between a couple episodes. There's that. Uh, at work, I am currently working on uh, Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, we have reruns for that, so uh, I get to work on that show. I'm moving the light with my foot. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be doing that. And uh, finish How I Met Your Mother at work um, a couple of weeks ago. Again, this is all for work. Uh, let's see what else is going on. That's it. <laughs> I'd be the worst uh, shock jock morning DJ. Just some mornings I come in and I don't have anything to talk about. Hey, uh, I guess that's why they, that's why they always talk about uh, uh, lewd, lewd sexual acts. Hey, uh, you guys ever do an Abraham Lincoln? Nah, what's that? Well, Abraham Lincoln is, uh, you get a nice long stove pipe hat. You take a dump in it. You fill it all the way up to the brim. You go to a theater. And you put it on Mary's head. I don't know. Is that how shock jocks act? I'm embarrassed. I can't even make eye contact with the camera. I'm just doing it right now. There we go. Hey, let's get to this uh, second half of this show so I can hang up. This comes from Hollywood Reporter, written by Ryan Parker. SNL reveals how COVID-19 era live audience will work. So all the late night shows are back. And the daytime shows are back as well. I believe all, or the major ones, The Talk, The View... Ellen, and Drew Barrymore. Those are the only ones I know. Uh, Drew, oh my God, I watched a, uh, a video on Drew Barrymore's uh, YouTube channel for her show, which again, I think she's still too big to do a, a, a daytime talk show, but good for her. I, I salute her. Um, but she, so obviously they can't have, you know, too many people in the studio. So they don't have an audience. A, they have a virtual audience. Uh, and the crew is, I assume, limited. But, what they do is some people look like they're live guests and they're doing a green screen trick. Uh, but it's not just any green screen trick. It's a green screen screen trick that is uh, live to tape and also cross country. So they're, so their office, their offices, their studio is in um, New York. And if she has somebody from LA then that person goes into a room by themselves, like a, just like a, a square, kind of like the my dining room I'm in right now, kind of like a, a giant, just square green place um, with like a one wall that's green and the back wall behind them is green. They have a monitor on the opposite side of them that is Drew Barrymore's face from uh, from New York. And then they sit in these armchairs that, that Drew had, like the same the same one that Drew has. And then... You know, they have a digital video that's so good that there's no latency or anything. So they can they can talk like have a conversation. And then the editors, they insert that person into a green screen spaced area that is just a few feet from Drew Barrymore right in her studio. And it's amazing. It's so cool. It's like it's it's a short video and they and they show you how it works. And I think that's a really neat way of doing 
having a guest in studio. Uh, John Cena was on Fallon, and he was in studio, and he was the first in-studio guest. Seth hasn't had anybody. Steven hasn't had anybody. Corden's doing video as well. Conan's not doing anybody. Uh, Yeah, that's it. Great. (laughs) Wonderful. Let's move on. I just thought that was really cool. The Drew Barrymore thing. Uh, Okay. So, SNL, obviously, they're coming back this Saturday, which is tomorrow if you're listening to this today. This comes out October 3rd. And they're going to have audiences, but there's going to be limited selection. You can see a couple of photos on SNL's Instagram, I believe, of them having like six feet apart table reads inside uh, Studio 8H or where is it? 8G? Where is their where is their where where is it? Where is it? Where's their studios thing? Uh, so you have to and then there's a whole list of health stipulations that you have to that you have to, you have to get by. So all ticketed guests will be required to take a mandatory COVID-19 test upon upon uh, arrival. And it's self-administered lower nasal antigen test with results yielded before the show. Uh, in addition to that test, temperature checks will also be required at check-in. And improved masks will be required at all times while inside 30 Rock. And then... You have to, you have, you're asked a series of questions prior to admission. Like, uh, have you, have you traveled in the last 14 days? So like, and they have a whole list of countries, other countries of uh, states, you know, like Alabama, Georgia, you know, other high infection places. Uh, have you been in close contact with people? You know, and, and you just, the, the questions you generally hear, um, any ticketed member with a temperature of 104.4 degrees or higher will not be allowed admission and their party may not be granted admission either. Wow. I did not know that part. And you can request tickets and uh, still, and then your social, your quote unquote social bubble can be as many as eight people. So that's a, that's a lot of stipulations to go through. And uh, Lauren Michaels actually sat down with the New York times earlier this week, which I think uh, yesterday they released it. The, they released his uh, interview and uh, it's called Lauren Michaels. Isn't sure SNL can pull this off. And he sat down with David Skoff of the television. He's a television editor, I believe. Uh, David Skoff is a good writer, and and so you can see, uh, you can you can you can read how what kind of precautions they're taking. Uh, Lauren obviously is gonna, uh, you know, they they run SNL the same like how they've run it for the past forty years. Everybody gets into a room. You read the sketches, uh, and. And then you go do, you know, you get costumes, you write all night, blah, 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 all that stuff. But now uh, it's 15 minutes to get into the building. Uh, Monday night meetings that were that those meetings with all those people are now just three people. <laughs> it's it's him and then two other people. That's crazy. And they did they did think about doing the uh, remote shows from home, but it just wouldn't be possible. They're in the middle of a presidential year and they're going to do. Um, four straight weeks of shows up until the election, and if if there's no you know winner of the election because that's what that's what the threat is for the not threat but that's what the uh, the fear is because all of these mail in ballots and everything it could take uh, a couple of days then they're going to be on as long as long as they as they have to be 
So they've never done four straight weeks of shows, is what Lauren says in this, uh, whatchamacallit. So they have their meetings still, and they, everybody's still six feet apart. Uh, everybody's going to wear a mask right until they get into their sketch. So they're going to have to uh, be doing that. There's, there's no limitation on how many people have to be in a sketch or can be in a sketch. So that's great. But they're still going to obviously take precautions and things of that nature. Uh, they're going to have to quarantine if someone at the show is test positive. So hopefully no one does. But, I mean, if football teams, hockey, uh, soccer teams, baseball teams, if all that happens in just a few days, then, you know, we'll see what happens with SNL. Let's see. Uh, general audience. Oh, they're they're still uh, sorting out how the how the audience is going to work, um, or you know how people are getting tickets and all that stuff. Like I just mentioned before, and uh, yeah, I mean this is we have we have uh, this is going to be a new just like it's it's different for sports and for news. We're going to have a new type of SNL. I always, I thought I always thought that they wouldn't come back with an audience, but I guess you have to. Like they would just use the crew, but the crew isn't literally working. So who knows? Who knows? How, I I don't know how this is gonna work. But it's gonna be fun to see. I love SNL, and I will continue loving SNL. G, uh, over at PBS NewsHour, Judy Woodruff, she they were in the studio for so long, and then. I missed I missed like a week of shows and then I that I, I tuned in again a couple of weeks uh, like a, the week later and they were back in Judy's home and I just thought what is going like how come they couldn't stay in the studio somebody test positive and they pushed them out yeah uh, SNL you know it's since such a it's a fast moving environment SNL I wonder if this is gonna work. You know, you have everybody come back to New York. You did three at-home shows that were, I think, I think decent. Producing a producing a show during a pandemic, a lot, uh, not a live, a, <laughs> a pre-made comedy show. But now they're doing a live version of it. And yeah, it's gonna, you know, I, I and also I think this first episode back is gonna have a tribute to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, yeah. But this is SNL, so they can do whatever they want. I'm ready. I'm ready, and I'm ready to see these new people in the show. This is a huge cast. <laughs> this is a giant cast. I just hope they can maintain and not get sick or anything. Because that's what that's. I mean, that's the most important part. Who cares if these you know these shows go on or not? I just want everybody to be happy and healthy. That's it. I think the Grammys are this weekend too. I don't watch. I don't watch the Grammys. I don't care for it. I've just been seeing a lot of Grammy stuff. <laughs> I'm excited. Bruce Springsteen has a new album coming out. Oh my god! Ugh. I just I read an interview with. Uh, I read his feature on um, the Rolling Stone today, uh, and it came out it came out last week. But I've been meaning to read it, or a couple weeks ago, and I've been meaning to read it. And uh, talking about his new album that's coming out October 23rd called Letter to You, and Apparently, they sh- just like the last album he had come out, 
uh, horses, starlight or something, something crazy. Western stars. They had a movie, uh, a concert film with Western stars come out. And then they also had the concert film album come out. And I've, and I've listened to obviously both versions of the album and, uh, and letter to you. He mentioned in the, in the, um, in the feature that he also, they also shot a letter to you concert film, but this was like during the pandemic. So it's just him and his E street band and like a tight knit group of people watching the show. Uh, and the, and the feature writer got to see the movie. So we have that to look forward to. And then also for the Rolling Stone feature for, um, the weekend, either, either, either is on the Rolling Stone or variety. Uh, they, the weekend mentioned that he has, I think he said he has enough stuff for another album. Man, I just to be, you know, Taylor Swift or The Weeknd or Bruce Springsteen or even, you know, Drake too. Uh, just to be these talented artists who make so much music that they, that they end up putting out like a, a, a bloated 16 <laughs> track album. And then, and then to come back a couple months later and be like, I got more music for you. And it's, and I'm not talking about, you know, like uh, like you see like a lot a lot of the younger rappers come out with you know five albums a year. Um, I think like NLE Choppa Choppa has uh, like three albums out this year or something like that. I don't I don't I don't know if it's NLE, but uh, and and I, and I like that guy. So calm down. <laughs> but to to but you know you know to look at these young rappers coming out with you know and they're not mixtapes they're like all albums and like come out with like ten twelve track albums. And there's like every, everyone has, you know, you pick and choose which songs you like, you know, there's, there's like five total that you like, but then to have the weekend, Bruce, Drake, Taylor, uh, uh, Carly Ray, Carly Ray Jepsen has a side B to like three of her out to two of her albums, dedication, emotion. So two of her albums I think have uh, side B's. Those are only two that I've, or the only set of four actually that I've, uh, I've listened to in depth. Uh, I think that's really interesting. Um, I think, you know, if it, if you can do that, then uh, you, you can do anything. Listen, <laughs> I've talked way too much. If you like what you had, if you like what you had here, <laughs> head on over to the website cpluscomedy.com, where you can see today, actually the day that it's recording, the interview for Tessa Ia went up that I mentioned last week for uh, the show De Brutus Nada. That's the title of the show. So. It's a, again, Spanish language show, but I, I spoke to her. She speaks great English and she said that she doesn't speak great English and holy crap, she speaks amazing English, way better than a lot of people in America. Um, yeah, she was great. She was fun and a uh, very charming person. Uh, so definitely check out the interview and the war with grandpa interviews as well over there on youtube.com slash people's comedy, where you can also see a video version of this show as well as our premiere show news time, which is a weekly entertainment business news show. <laughs> I know this is an entertainment business news podcast, but this is also, but news time is an entertainment business news show. And this week's episode is about uh, Apple versus uh, Epic games and how Apple and Google took off the, um, the uh, Fortnite game, because, mobile game, because uh, Epic didn't want to pay the 30% taxes to them. Uh, so it's a good episode. Check it out. The Shark Tank parody and the cold open. These parodies are getting way too elaborate, and I hate it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think I'm done. <laughs> if you <laughs> like us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, at Comedy. 
me on Instagram and Twitter at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, review this podcast over there on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, I mean, excuse me, Amazon Music as well. Wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Oh, God, I have to do this. And good night. <laughs> All right.